those who may or may not know, uh, Rock the City is uh, our partnership with organizations around our town uh, where we serve with them and help them and uh, help make Asheville a better place. Uh, we're here for better in people's lives. We're here to make Asheville a better place. So I want to encourage you. We are the church. You are the church. Let's get involved somehow in, in making a difference on these couple of days. And what I'd really like to do is see some of us get an attachment to some of these ministries and represent our church there. So it's more than just a one day in a year kind of thing, but we're really involved in helping in a, uh, a continuous way. Um, we're going to uh, enter into a new little season of discovery and blessing for some of us. And I want to invite you into this uh, for just a minute. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, honor the Lord from your wealth. In other words, from your finances and from the first of all your produce or all you produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. What I notice in this scripture that stands out to me is that the, the first thing is it's honor to God to bring him our first. And the first is a special thing uh, before anything else. We're bringing our first to God, but also uh, am recognizing the fact that there is a promise attached to this act of obedience. And that promise is that your barns will be filled with plenty. So in other words, your life will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow. Plenty and overflow is the promise of God. So this is talking about God's honor, God's order, um, God's promise, God's goodness in our life. Uh, the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe, which is a tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this. So God doesn't really say this anywhere else, but he's saying this is an area where I want you to prove me. I want you to test me. I want you to experiment with this and find out for yourself, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, which sounds like plenty and overflow again to me. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruit of the ground nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, God will help us. Um, things that could have happened wouldn't happen because God's hand of blessing is on our life. And so what I want to invite you into is a 90-day tithe experiment. So for the next 90 days, God says in his word, test me in this thing and uh, 90 days of putting God first in our finances. Uh, so I want you to experience the goodness of this and the blessing of this. Tithe is not just 10%. Tithe is the first and best 10%. So in other words, it's not God 
getting our leftovers. It's God getting our first. It's God getting our best. The principle of first things is throughout the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament. And this, this illustration has helped me a lot to recognize this. So this is 10%, one of 10. This is my tithe. And when I bring it to the Lord, before anything else gets worked out in my budget, the way I spend money, this is what tithe is, first and best. Now, all of us have things that we spend money on. Uh, maybe here's your, your house note and fixing stuff around the house, paying for utilities. Maybe you've made a, uh, a trip to the grocery store and uh, you've, I went the other day, I think I bought three lemons and a, and a thing of half and half, it was 30 bucks. So it's crazy. Uh, maybe you decided to put some gas in your car and uh, that has happened. And so what I want us to understand is that here's where the honor is. The honor is in God, me saying, God, you get first, you get best, and then I'll figure out all this other stuff after you get first and best. I'm not just saying, all right, I got to pay my house note first, got to pay for my car. Maybe I'll put you in here, or maybe I'll just try to figure out all this stuff and see if there's any leftovers. God deserves more than our leftovers. Somebody say amen. It's the principle of first things. And you, you know, you, you can, this is a beautiful thing for us to, to recognize that when I honor God, he puts a promise behind that. He says, test me in this thing. And uh, so when we tithe, we're honoring God. When we tithe, we're recognizing this is God's plan for resourcing uh, his cause on the earth. The truth is tithe is a heart issue because you spend money on things that your heart is interested in. I went uh, yesterday to Dick's Sporting Goods and I bought a new, uh, a new box of uh, golf balls and a couple of golf gloves and put new grips on a couple of clubs, bought some tees, 163 bucks. Now, I already had uh, some gift cards, so back off, Jack. But, uh, but I had some gift cards and I used them up 163 bucks. You might think, that's ridiculous. I'd never spend, that's because your heart is not into it. Pastor Justin Conway went the other night while back to a, a, a wrestling world, WWE. Is that it? WWE. Came back with this big belt with a buckle on it. I didn't even ask him what it cost, but, but this is my thing. Honestly, like I could... I, I was going to say I, I wouldn't even spend a nickel on a belt like I wouldn't even spend a penny on a belt like that. I wouldn't even watch on TV uh, a wrestling event. But it's important to him. So if that's what his heart's into, more power to him. My heart is into something. Your heart's into something. If you had a new baby in your house, you'd figure out a way to make sure that baby got fed, that baby got clothed. In other words, there'd be some things that you might go, we may have to do without this for a while to make sure first and best is taken care of. If you if you decided I'm gonna, I've listened to Dave Ramsey long enough, I'm gonna get out of debt. 
and then you would start rearranging how you spend your money, things that you might not uh, include in your budget anymore, but you'd figure out a way how you could get out of debt. I'm encouraging you to test God in this for the next 90 days, and we'd like for you to actually sign up and register. So we've got a, a QR code. I know you're using your phone in church. Might as well use it for something good. You can shoot this and uh, this will take you to a, a sign up on our website. We'd love for you to actually sign up and say, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna go for this 90 day tithe experiment. Maybe you have never paid tithe before or maybe you have paid tithe in the past, but you know you've let it slip or you've you like to get away from you. We want to pray for you. We want to stand with you. We want to send you resource to help you stay inspired on this. Suzette and I have paid tithe our entire married life. We actually both were paying tithe uh, before we got married. And um, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I'm about ready to start a series today called Life Lessons. And those life lessons for me are not just ideas that I've read in a book and I hope they work. They, they, this really works. I have paid tithe for almost 50 years and I can promise you plenty and overflow. God is true to his word. The windows of heaven will open over your life. Our life, Suzanne and I, our life has not been perfect, but it has definitely been blessed. So I'm gonna invite you into something that you take a step of faith, watch what God will do. So come on, let's do it together. Come on, ready? All right, let's all stand together. We're gonna take a moment and worship one more song. Come on, everybody, stand up. Aren't you glad his love will not fail you, amen? Your love doesn't offer Nothing I've done that your grace won't cover It's not over Till you say so You are faithful God, you're faithful The cross is on The confidence I
thanks. You guys can be seated. Hey, for the past uh, several months, I have been teaching on this idea of praying like Paul. I'm done. Everybody wave bye-bye to praying like Paul. Uh, I started this series uh, on the first Sunday in February, so five and a half months ago. Uh, I've been uh, looking at, we've been looking at prayers that Paul prayed in the New Testament. There's really quite a few more, but I think five and a half months is enough of it. And uh, so what I've been after in all this is not just more information for us to go, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I've actually, I've been attempting to get our church to obey the call of God to be a house of prayer. And so uh, what I've realized is that people will do what they want to do. And so uh, if, if you've uh, heard the call and you're a part of it, helping us be a house of prayer, thank you. If you haven't, maybe we'll catch you next time around. And uh, hopefully you'll get a revelation about the value of uh, prayer as a house. To get, I want you to pray at home for sure, but us, for us to pray together. We have a couple of opportunities to pray together, uh, 8.45 and 10.45, just a 15-minute prayer time before each service. And then the first Wednesday of the month, we come together for an hour to pray. And that's where we're at in terms of joint prayer times, corporate prayer times. Uh, and I would still love for us to do that. Now I want to move into uh, a new idea, a new set of ideas. I've been posting uh, on uh, Facebook 66 life lessons. And that's what I want to uh, start talking about today for a few moments. Uh, don't worry, I'm not. When I mentioned this in service planning that I was going to move this direction, my wife said, 66? That's going to be more than a year. So... Thank you, honey. I am not going to do all 66. But what I would like to do is take some of these life lessons, which, as I said earlier, are not just ideas or concepts that I've read in a book somewhere. These are things that I feel like I've lived, and I feel like the fruit of those things has been born. And I would like to invite you into this because I believe it could be helpful for us. So these are concepts, these are ideas, these are mentalities that have proven helpful to me, um, and uh, I, I've been thinking about these things. Uh, these have helped form my life, my family, and in many ways, our church over the years. So for some of us, we'll go, yeah, I've heard PK talk about that before. I am not afraid to bring it to our remembrance again. Right, 2 Peter 3, uh, here's the Apostle Peter, says, Beloved, this is now the second letter. This is my second time around on this. I'm writing to you in which I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder. So today, I want to take a few moments and talk about developing an abundance mentality. Developing an abundance mentality. I want to read you my... Uh, my Facebook post on this, and just to get us started, God is a God of abundance. Life is full 
of abundance. There is no shortage. And I think especially where we're at in our world right now, we need to tie our star to the things that never change. And our God is a God who never changes, and his kingdom is a kingdom that never changes. The world and the things that are in the world are always going to go through cycles of being uh, shaken up and changed, but God's kingdom and God never changes at all. There's no shortage. Everybody say there's no shortage. One of the revelations that has had a huge impact on my life and my thinking is to adopt an abundance mentality. An abundance mentality helps us realize there's more than enough resource for everything we need in life. There's lots of money, lots of talent, lots of help available. The issue is how to get it to flow to us. <laughs> it's all flowing somewhere. Might as well get it to flow to and through us. A scarcity mentality will shrink your world. You will hold on to and hoard what you have. It will keep making your world smaller and smaller. Abundance recognizes no one else's success ever takes anything away from me. I can rejoice at their success because there's enough success to go around for everyone. Abundance thinking fuels a spirit of generosity. I can freely give because I know there is so much more coming. If you want to have a free spirit, abundance thinking is a big part of it. So here's what Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life. And Jesus could have actually stopped there, and that would have been an incredible thing. I've, thief wants to steal, kill, destroy. The devil wants to steal, kill, destroy. The world wants to steal, kill, destroy. But I've come that you'd have life and that you'd have it more abundantly. So God's desire is I've come to give you an abundant life. I've come to give you a life of abundance. Abundance characterizes our life in Christ. Abundance is our mentality toward living. You, you may have been born into a situation that was not abundance. But, thank God, we can be born again. And when we are born again, we are born into abundance. God's desire for your life, God's desire for my life, is for us to live in abundance. That's his will. Abundance simply means that I'm living like there's more than enough and not just living like there's barely enough. 
Abundance says this. I'm not depending on what's going on around me to walk in peace. I have abundant peace because I know where peace comes from. How many of you know it's difficult to minister peace to someone else when you're all agitated and fearful and conflicted? That kind of person has difficulty bringing peace into the world of anyone. But when you've got abundant peace, then you have the capacity, you have more than enough, you can bring peace into your life, into your world, into your family. Abundant joy, you know, last week I talked about be a joy bringer. (laughs) Some people, they light up the, the room when they walk in. Some people light up the room when they walk out. But there's something about having an abundance of joy that you are able, that people look forward to you coming into their setting. You bring joy. You've got abundance. Abundance of love. If, if, if you don't feel loved first by God, then you are going to have a hard time loving other people. An abundance of resources, an abundance of strength, an abundance of grace, an abundant life frees you up to be a blessing to other people. Come on, second service. You, it's, it's a small way to live to be bound up by the restraint of just you being taken care of. God, all I, all I want is just enough so that I could pay my rent. What about if God wants you to help pay somebody else's rent? Right? God, all I need is just enough to get by. In actuality, to me, that might be one of the most selfish ways to live. Because honestly, is God that limited in his abilities in his provision, in his kingdom. There's a song that's out there. I don't sing it that often, but it makes a point that I'm trying to make here now. Just give me a cabin in the corner of glory. Because I would hate to ask God, the all-sufficient, all-powerful, God of abundance to do anything more than I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to put pressure on you God so just a little cabin in the corner of glory You know it's not that God is limited the truth is it's us that's limited an abundance re- mentality realizes that the spiritual world and the natural world have boatloads of abundance built into them. And when, when we think scarcity, 
we are literally closing off the options for God to release his abundance into our life. You know, when you think about it, there are entire industries that exist right now built around products, built around ideas that didn't even exist 20, 25 years ago. The internet has opened up opportunity for all kinds of craziness, but for people to prosper and for people to flourish. How many of you remember back in the day when we used to get those little AOL CDs and you'd get them on your computer and you'd go for dial-up and you just hope somebody wouldn't pick up the phone. But the internet has opened up abundance like crazy. Your smartphone gives you access to information, access to opportunity that you, that you never had before. Uber gives people an opportunity. You could literally make a living driving Uber, but it's something that never existed before. It's abundance. It's a new way. It's a new way to think. It's a new way to operate. It's a new way for resource to come. Airbnb. You can rent out a room in your house. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but the last thing I want to do is rent out a room in my house to some weird stranger. But if you want to do that, that's fine. But it works for some people. They do. Social media has opened up an opportunity for people to express ideas, some of them not so great, and it's opened up an opportunity to influence people. It's opened up opportunity for people to have resources to come into their life. I'm just saying there is more and more opportunity for abundance to come into your world. But if you think scarcity, you're just, you're, you're bound by it. It's not that God is limited, it's that we're limited. You know, for years, astronomers could never figure out how to create a calendar that would work for, uh, for, for us, for the earth. And for, for the longest time, astronomers thought that the earth was the center of our solar system. But, it, but eventually, Copernicus and then Galileo with his invention of the telescope made a realization that the center of our solar system was not the earth. The center of our solar system is the sun. And once they figured out what the real center was, they could create a calendar that worked. What I'm saying to you is if scarcity is at the center of your solar system, you're always going to be missing out. But if you could put abundance at the center of your solar system, it would make your life work incredible way. As long as we've got scarcity in at the center of the way, our way of thinking, nothing is ever going to work right. So let me give you a couple of ideas to consider today uh, that can be super helpful for all of us. Number one, abundance is a mentality. Abundance is a mentality that will impact every arena of your life. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundant beyond, that's a lot of superlatives, all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. The ability of God is beyond all we could ask or think. The release of his ability, the release of his abundance is going to be shaped by our thinking and our asking. I'm not supposing that we would just have a fantasy, okay, I'm going to ask for a billion dollars. But I am going to say that the way we think and the way we ask, our expectation is going to have a huge impact on our life. We, we need some God-sized thinkers. How, how big do you think? How big is your ask? I'm suggesting that the ability of God is infinite. God is infinite abundance, but we have to continue to enlarge our capacity. In other words, it says according to the power at work within us. God is infinite abundance. Somebody say amen. Opportunities are abundant. But we are, we are contained or enlarged by our own capacity. It's not that God lacks capacity. It's that we lack capacity. So our emotional capacity, our mental capacity, capacity, our spiritual capacity, our financial capacity has an impact on how much the infinite abundance of God can get into our life. If you have the capacity to be disappointed but keep moving on, you've opened yourself up that a person who stops at every disappointment would never be able to experience. The, the capacity to be hurt by people but keep loving people, the capacity to be betrayed but still keep trusting and loving people, the capacity to not understand every detail, but fully trust God is a capacity that will enlarge the way God can work in your life. And, and I'm going to suggest to all of us, uh, no matter how far along you are or think you are, that we could all regularly expand the borders of our life to facilitate greater abundance. That we could, we could think in terms of abundance. 
When you have scarcity at the center of your thinking, you, you just assume there's no answer before you even took the time to look for an answer. You, you just assume there's no opportunity for abundance before you ever looked for an opportunity for abundance. I would suggest that all of us could, could reorient our thinking about what we're able to do in life. You know, there, there are some people that say, uh, you don't, I just couldn't do anymore. You know, between my job and the yard and the kids, I got nothing. But I'm going to suggest to you, without hurting your feelings, I hope, there's thousands of people who are doing way more than you're doing, right? What I'm asking you to consider is maybe there's another way to go about it. It's not, it's not the load you're carrying, it's how you're carrying that load. Abundance people, abundance thinkers, abundance mentality goes, there's another way to do this that could be better. Uh, abundance people live above petty issues in life. They're, they're, they're not getting hung up on petty thinking or petty issues or petty, you know, talking, getting upset about petty things, getting hung up on petty things, getting hung up on social media arguments. Come on, man. You're bigger than that. Your God's bigger than that. Your world's bigger than that. Abundance looks for doors of opportunity. Abundance is looking for an opportunity to enter into your life. And as long as we stay focused on why it can't happen in our life, it won't happen. As long as we stay focused on what's wrong, then our life is going to be filled with what's wrong. As long as we stay focused on who is against us instead of who is for us, I'm saying abundance is a mentality that says, I'm always looking for the opportunity. I'm always looking for the answer. I'm always looking for the upside. I'm always looking for how God will release his greatness into my world. Amen. The second idea that I want to uh, talk about today is not only is it about our mentality, but number two, God is a God of abundance. Abundance is in God's nature. Abundance is in his name. God introduces himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. We just uh, sang a song a little bit earlier about the names of God, which are uh, helping us understand aspects of the character of God. God Almighty, 
the God who is more than enough. Elohim, the almighty God, the powerful God, who is all-sufficient, all-bountiful, the source of all blessing. Hello? The source of fullness, the source of fruitfulness. El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the God of abundance. The abundance of the kingdom of God is birthed out of the abundance of the God of the kingdom. Abundance is, it's his very nature. It's in his name. His kingdom is full of abundance because he is full of abundance. Now, I want you to, I want you to see how important this idea is, how pivotal this idea is, because how you view God, who you see God as, is eventually how you will express God in your life. Right? I, was, I grew up as a, as a wee little lad in a, in a Catholic environment, and I'm not, some Catholic environments are fantastic, but the Catholic environment I grew up in was Jesus emaciated, hanging on a cross, and that was the picture you had. Jesus did hang on the cross. Jesus did suffer sorrow for our sake. But the truth is, that was the picture of who God was. Just kind of a weak, skinny Jesus. And that was how it got expressed through most of the people who were in that environment. I've had the opportunity to travel to India, and most of India is Hindu. And the Hindu outlook on God is God is ethereal. He's kind of unknown. There's a bunch of different uh, heads and stuff. God's at a distance. And it gets expressed in their lifestyle. The way they see God gets expressed in their lifestyle. I think all of us have seen uh, uh, the Muslim approach... Allah is fierce and unbending. And the way they see God is the way they express God in life. I'm saying that if you see God as El Shaddai, the God Almighty, the God full of blessing, the God full of abundance, it will make a difference in your life. If... if if you see God as legalistic, you're going to express him as legalistic. One, because you don't want to be going through all that junk by yourself. You let other people be miserable too. If you see God as spooky and weird, you will be too. I'm saying to you, God is magnificent. God is abundant. 
God is generous. God is purposeful. And when you see God that way, he starts to get expressed in your life. The third idea that I want to point out today is this. The God of abundance establishes a covenant of abundance. So not only is abundance a mentality, not only is our God a God of abundance, but he also establishes a covenant, an agreement, a relationship of abundance. So Genesis 17, uh, God is speaking to Abram, and he says, now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. I want you to see that there is a covenant of increase and abundance with God. We see it in Galatians where it tells us that when we're in Christ, the promises that were given to Abraham become our promises, right? Increase and abundance are in the covenant we have with God. It, it is a covenant promise. And what I love whenever I read these verses, we're going to read a few more in just a minute. God says this, I will establish my covenant with you. This isn't my idea. This is God's idea. It's God's covenant with us. God says, this is my arrangement with you. This is the relationship we are going to have. He says, I am more than enough. And when you walk with me, you're in covenant with the God who is more than enough. I think I'm preaching this better than I'm getting amens out of you guys. Uh, it, it, for generations, God is saying this and blessing Jacob. Isaac says this, Genesis 28.3, May God Almighty, El Shaddai, bless you, make you fruitful, multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. God says to Jacob, Genesis 35.11, God also said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come forth from you. I want you to see this equation. God says, I am, therefore you will. I am El Shaddai. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will increase. When you discover who God is, you discover who you are, right? Your life can be explained by your covenant with God. You know, Abram had this, this shift in his life, Genesis 
17.5, he said, no longer are you going to be called Abram. That, that's who you used to be. But your name shall now be Abraham. For I'm going to make you, I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. I, what a powerful thought. God says, I am, therefore you are. And I don't know, you know, how you were born, what you were born into, how you were raised, what mentalities you have developed to cope, to deal with life, stuff that got handed down from your family, stuff that got handed down to you, maybe even in religious settings. But I'm here to say to you, God says this over and over to us. You used to be this, but now you're that. Come on, you, you were born one way, but now you can be born again. And now that we are in covenant with El Shaddai, we are more than we ever could have been by ourselves. Three big ideas. I want you to get these in, in the center of your solar system. The way you think, the way you live, the way you act. Abundance is a mentality. Two, God is a God of abundance. Number three, the God of abundance establishes a covenant of abundance. Hey, I want to pray with you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to take a moment to pray. Father, we are astonished at the goodness and the greatness of our God and the impact that can have on our life. There's always a way because you are a way maker. There's always a possibility because you are able. There's always an answer because you are the answer. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that is, that is right now doubting their future, doubting their capabilities, doubting themselves. Father, I'm praying we, we're going to move beyond us as the center and put you as the center of our life. Father, I declare healing over our lives. I declare blessing. I declare fruitfulness. God, I declare abundance over our world. It's the promise of your word. It's the character of our God, and we are believing for it. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today, you've never actually surrendered to God, to Jesus, to El Shaddai. Maybe the truth is, there was a day when you used to be close to the Lord, closer than you are today. This would be a great day for you to come back, for you to surrender fresh. Or maybe you just don't feel confident about where you really stand with God. I want to pray with you today. Nobody's looking around, but I think this is an important moment for you to open up your heart, to come to Jesus for the first time, to come back to Jesus, to make sure you're right with him. If you say, Pastor, I, I want to be right with God. I don't know if I am, but I want to be. Would you pray with me? I want you to raise your hand. Raise it real high and let me see. God, I want to surrender to you. 
God, I'll need you in my life. God, I want you in my world. Thank you. Come on, anybody else just want to say yes to Jesus? Yes to God. In covenant with God. Anybody else before we pray together? Amen. Thank you. Hey, let's all pray this together. Everybody say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I have messed up. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my full forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, we love you. Let's all stand together on the count of three. We're going to shout hallelujah, be dismissed. Love seeing you in church today. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you guys.